Welcome to Strategy Casters. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategy Casters, where we bring you conversations with investment managers you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome as our guest today, Jeff Johnson, founder and CEO of Epis Energy, a new opportunity for oil investing. He speaks to us from their headquarters in Texas. Jeff, welcome to Strategy Casters. Oh, thank you, Charlie. It's good to be here. So, Jeff, as we have talked, been in the industry for decades. You've run publicly traded companies in oil and gas exploration and production. Now you've formed Epis Energy, and as I understand, you have two unique aspects to Epis Energy. One is you have a unique business model. You guys don't do exploration, which I think everybody else does in your industry, but you buy existing producing wells with a track record. And number two, the way you raise funds from investors, you do it directly. You don't go through private equity funds, Wall Street, etc. You bypass those well-known middlemen, and nobody is bothered with that, especially when they're from Wall Street. And so you have unique aspects to your model here. So let's start with, give us a brief background of yours. Charlie, been in the industry since 1988. Started out with a private company and started a couple of those and then went into the public vehicle in 2003 and 2004 and stayed with a public company that was listed on the New York Stock Exchange until approximately 2011. And then I took some time off. And when we saw this last downturn with oil prices plummeting down to as low as $26 a little over a year ago, that would be a good time to re-enter the market, use a disciplined, unique approach to buying real assets, and also focus on being able, as you said, to go directly to the investor instead of using the public markets or the private equity, save those fees, save those expenses, and pass that right along to the investor. So tell us what makes... Epis unique here. We talked about those two aspects of your uh, business and investment fundraising model. Sure. What I think makes us unique is primarily the way that we approach business, the way that we take a look at assets that we want to acquire. So there are two ways to do this. Number one, you can wait for assets to come to the market and compete with everybody else trying to buy them. Or two, you can be proactive. And that's exactly what we do. We really use data mining in looking for assets and or companies that may be for sale in the upcoming six to nine months. And there's enough data that you can put into a system to see where these assets might become available and which oil and gas companies are going to be in a situation six and nine months down the road that are going to have to raise capital for one reason or another, whether it's to pay down debt, whether it's to meet some capital calls, and have a pretty good track record of being able to do that. Okay, so number one, on your business model, unique about you guys is you have a proactive analysis for your purchases through data mining. Are you guys tax-driven like other oil exploration companies are? We are not, Charlie. We are not tax-driven, and we are not looking to hit home runs. And those usually go hand-in-hand. With drilling programs, they seem to get a lot of momentum because the vast majority of that investment can be accelerated to a current year tax write-off. Because of that, you're also looking at exploration and a higher risk. So what we are is we are, to your point, looking for assets that have already been drilled. They are producing. They've got a history of production. They have a history of expenses. And when you find somebody that is in a need to raise capital, it's pretty predictable 
what the future expenses are going to be. It's reasonably predictable what future production will be. And the only thing left is how you buy it. you you got to buy the asset right. And by buying an asset right, you need to find a company or individuals who have a need to sell. And we think by putting those things together and focusing on under-the-radar assets, say less than $50 million, we're not going to have to compete with the big guys, and we don't. And that is something that we think is pretty unique in this market. So you guys go after existing assets or existing wells that have a track record and that have known expenses, and you use data mining to help identify those. There's no exploration, so you don't have those exploration costs, and you're not going to hit a dry well, but you don't offer the tax benefits of the exploration costs, and you're not looking for the home runs. You know what you are buying, and your expectations are realistic. Yes, sir. It's kind of the old strategy of buy low, sell high. We feel pretty confident that oil prices, what we would call the lower end of the curb right now at around $50. And, you know, from our view of the world, you can probably buy assets on what we would consider the the lower end of the curve all the way up to $60, $65. Look to make yields while we hold them and own them. And then as prices rebound and get back up to the 75 and 80, look to sell those assets and make a nice capital gain. And uh, Jeff, without going into too much much detail, you also have a hedging mechanism that can help insure or protect on the downside in the event of surprises in the markets or anywhere. You're right, Charlie, we do. So we have a pretty good idea and we're pretty comfortable with financial and engineering model to look out and see how much production we're going to get in the future. And we're very confident about what those expenses are going to be associated with that because we have a history. The one thing that we don't know, and I can't tell you, is what oil prices are going to be or natural gas prices. So what we look to do is in the short term, and this is baked into the deal, is let's take the first year of risk out on pricing and go use hedging practices so that we know that we can at least hit a minimum price. If indeed oil prices were to go down quite a bit, then we would be protected on the downside for first year or so. Okay, thank you. So we have those aspects of the business model that is unique in your marketplace, and you know that you're not going to hit a dry well, right? Because this is a producing well. So let's turn now to the fundraising or investment model. How is it unique? We're looking to go directly to the registered investment advisor, the family office, or the high net worth individual. Historically, at least with my history, we were normally funded either through the public vehicle or if you were to look at private equity. Everything associated with those investments, every step of the way, there are normally a lot of fees, a lot of expense, and a lot of overhead, where at the end of the day, we would like to save that and pass that along to the investor. And by being able to do that, in and of itself just generates a much better return. Typically, most of these assets are not available to the investor as a real asset investment because these are snatched up by the institutions and by the banks. These are the type of assets that the banks will want for them to be able to loan against so people can go drill. The banks and the institutions are not loaning money for people to drill wells unless it is backed up and secured by production such as what we're buying. So taking that asset taking it directly to the investor, and being able to pass along a pretty nice return just with the savings that we have from cutting the middleman out. 
Okay, Jeff, uh, we need to take a short break. Uh, We'll be back in just a minute. Again, we're talking with Jeff Johnson, founder and CEO of Epis Energy, a new opportunity for oil investing. You're listening to Strategy Casters. I'm Charlie Wright, and we'll be right back. All right, time for our tip of the week with Charlie Wright. Who have we got with you today, Charlie? Paul, we've got Tim Plain, editor of the newsletter The Dividend Hunter by Investors Alley. Tim, thanks for joining us. Hi, Charlie. Glad to be here. Tim, you published The Dividend Hunter to recommend investments of high dividends, stocks, uh, BDCs, REITs, etc. So what tip do you have for us today? Well, Charlie, just last night ran a seminar for my subscribers and invited the managers of the InfraCap MLP ETF, stock symbol AMZA. This is the first actively managed ETF in the MLP space, and investors get excited because it has a 20% dividend. 20% dividend yield. (laughs) That's the big elephant in the room here. How are they able to do that? They own a portfolio of MLPs, and then they also sell covered calls against those MLPs. And we got a real nice explanation last night from the managers. They're confident they can continue to generate enough cash flow to pay the dividend, which makes my subscribers pretty happy. So give us that ticker symbol again. It's AMZA. AMZA. Okay. And for those who would like to know more, Tim, where can they go? My dividend hunter information and information about my other services can be found on the InvestorsAlley.com website. Okay, InvestorsAlley.com. Tim, thank you very much for joining us today, and happy dividend hunting. Thank you. And just a quick reminder that this broadcast is for educational, informational purposes only and should not be construed as a recommendation or suggestion to buy anything from the guest, the host, or the sponsors. Before investing, you should always consult with your own financial professionals for tax or investment advice. You're tuned to OC Talk Radio. OC Talk Radio. Hello, welcome back to Strategy Casters, where we bring you conversations with investment managers you're not hearing elsewhere. Again, our guest today is Jeff Johnson, founder, CEO of Epis Energy out of Fort Worth, Texas. So, Jeff, uh, we've talked about your business model. We've talked a little bit about the investment model. Now, why are you able to apply this investment model of eliminating those middlemen from Wall Street and others have not been? Is this because of the Jobs Act of 2012 that is just now becoming uh, implementable? Yeah, you're exactly right, Charlie. You know, under the Jobs Act, there was a, an exemption under Reg D called 506C. That became available, I think, final comments, don't quote me on this, maybe it was 13 or 14, 2013 or 2014. But in any event, it created an opportunity for both insurers like myself and the investor to come together, basically bridging the gap directly from the real asset to the RIA or family office or the investor without having to go through the traditional channels of paying brokers, of paying fees, of paying other expenses associated with that and eliminating that. And indeed it is. There's an exemption under 506C that we can now go directly to the RIA investor family office, etc. Okay, well, congratulations for recognizing that. I don't think that's being done a whole lot yet, so you're in the forefront of doing that. Okay, so Jeff, here's an honest question. In a world where high-yield bonds are yielding 5.4%, 
what kind of cash flow do you see being able to offer to the investors? And why would somebody who has that kind of cash flow currently, because that's who you're buying from, why are they willing to sell when the cash flow was already above market? Let's take a look at that. Good question, by the way. The asset that's yielding in the oil and gas business, 7, 8, 9%, something north of 5%, as you said, is doing that for one or two reasons. It should be cash flowing at a much higher level. So, number one, if it is doing that level, there's no more additional capital being put into it. So it's not a key asset of the portfolio of that oil and gas company. Number two, the reason they would want to sell it is because they are having to make much higher returns than that by growing the company and by growing the assets. Let's just assume, for example, that public oil and gas company has gone out to borrow money and their interest rate is 8 or 9%. So they've got an asset that's got to be able to not only perform to pay that yield, they've also got to go out and be able to perform to deploy that capital into growing the asset and also to be able to have some money back for the shareholders. So we're effectively going out, taking the assets that are performing at that level, but we're not having to pay bank debt. We're not having to pay any internal shareholders either. We actually, the way that we structure this, is we get paid right alongside with our investors. So there's no front-end promote on it. We share with and invest with our investors. So, Jeff, another question or concern is uh, prices of things are dependent upon supply and demand. Can you definitely sell all the oil that you produce? That's a very good point that I really love about this industry. One thing that I know for sure, anybody listening to this show or myself or you, Charlie, you can go on the Internet or you can go on a financial network and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, you can get a bid for a barrel of oil. It is a transparent liquid market. Don't quote me on this, but I believe it's probably the most liquid market in the world. So on any given day, we know we can sell that product, and you're not sitting here with a real asset that you don't have the access to liquidity. Also, too, let's say prices go down. If we have a hedge, that's okay, because we will have a hedge that will get us our minimum price. If we don't have a hedge, we don't have to sell it. We can put it in the tanks and store it and hold on to it until prices go back up. And that's what I really like about it. And that's exactly why the institutions and your major banks that lend against this demand that they have cash flow to secure the loan. You know, Jeff, question we typically ask about the market risk. Okay, in your case, the market risk of oil. But in your case, market risk actually works in your favor because geopolitical and other things that occur probably going to drive the price of oil up, not down. Well, that's exactly right. If you take a look, going way back to 9-11 or any other event that may happen on the world market, more than likely it's going to affect most markets negatively. The stock market, the commodities market, many times depending on what commodity you're in, but the paper trades I like to call them. If anything were to happen on the global market, if you just look at the world today and associate uh, whatever risk you think would be out there with owning a real asset in oil, uh, I would say the odds of sending the oil prices up are much greater than any world event that could drive oil prices down. Jeff, why are you comfortable and confident that fracking and these new technologies in extracting oil are not going to drive the price down over the next few years? Well, if you take a look at worldwide supply and worldwide demand right now, it's about 96 million barrels a day. Here is the one thing that a lot of times is 
lost in the translation of many reporters that really aren't that familiar with the oil and gas industry. We have a natural decline rate worldwide. Let's call it 6% a year. Maybe a little conservative is probably closer to 7 or 8, but I don't think you're going to get anybody argue with 6% a year. So if you got 96 million barrels a day of production declining at about 6% a year, I don't have my calculator in front of me, that's probably around 5.5 million barrels a day. Something yep. like that. That's the decline rate. So we have to bring on worldwide an additional five and a half million barrels a day just to stay flat. Now, if on the demand side, if you got a demand increase of one to two percent a year, and that's what we're tracking, now you got to add another million or two million barrels a day. Take for the last four or five years, that's exactly what we saw. We saw a pretty stagnant market as far as the economy goes worldwide. And yet we still saw increase in demand by 1%. Now, to put that in perspective, 7 million barrels a day of production, there are three countries in the world that produce that. Saudi Arabia at about 10 million, Russia at about 10 million, and the United States at about 9 million. To put that in perspective, ExxonMobil produces on the oil side of their equation less than 2 million barrels a day. So effectively, you've got to bring on three Exxon Mobiles a year, three to four, just to stay flat. We need the production. We need better technology. But if we're going to outpace and outrun for supply to outrun demand, then we're going to need much higher prices like we saw in 2011 to 2014. And that's what creates the opportunity is a cyclical part of the business going from 40 and 50 up to 100 and 110. And that creates opportunity. You know, Jeff, uh, what you're talking about here is a unique model and unique way of raising assets to purchase these existing wells. You're talking about market price of oil. You're seeking to protect on the downside. Market price of oil could fluctuate, but that's one thing no one can control, and it's just as likely to rise as to fall. But the real key, especially in your situation, is an investor into Epis Energy is buying your management. Why should they feel comfortable in doing that? Absolutely. I feel that way with any company. You know, a good management team, and to me, there's a number of things that go into that, but number one, process. you got to have a good process that is duplicatable. Number two, transparency to that process. So people know exactly how you conduct business and what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. And then third, be results-driven. And if you do all these things, we can make no promises or guarantees that we're going to be able to achieve what we set out to do. However, we are going to be transparent with the process. We're going to tell people exactly what we're targeting, where, when, and why. And we're going to do the very best we can to execute. And then just as important, the way that this is structured, we do make an investment right alongside our limited partners. And then as a general partner, we get paid last. As general partner, the limited partners get paid first. They get first distributions, and then we get distributions after. So, Jeff, let's get personal a little bit here. You've got a strong background in an obviously important industry in this country. You're located in Texas, so uh, you're in the, the belly of the beast or the heart of it right there. You've got education, experience. You've run public companies doing these things. You know how to explore. You know how to buy, etc. You have got to be a valuable commodity in the marketplace. When you could be doing other things... Why are you doing this with Epis? 
I don't know what else I would rather be doing. To be very candid and honest with you, Charlie, I enjoy engaging the investor directly. I enjoyed the public markets and working on Wall Street. That had a point in time in my life. However, at the end of the day, you're working for the shareholders. And in this case, we're working for our limited partners. You're working for the investors. And I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I happen to be in the oil business. This is my fourth company to start. I love the idea and the concept and the opportunity to be able to go directly to the investor, bypass the middlemen, and go to work with them, be available for them, and create the transparency there is. I just think it's a, a great opportunity, and I feel very fortuitous to be in a situation to take advantage of that, and I'm hopeful that we're successful doing it. I, I could think of nothing else I would rather be doing. Jeff, I can feel your enthusiasm, and especially with that southern accent, it, it, it sounds great. <laughs> Another question on the personal side. In your opinion... Why do you think it would be foolish to not consider investing with Epicenergy? I wouldn't dare say anybody would be foolish if they didn't consider us, but I will say this. We are not going to be everything to everybody. What we are is we are an, an alternative to what is out in the marketplace. We're an alternative to putting your money with a firm, letting them dictate where that money goes, and telling you what kind of return you're going to make, and and the asset that supports that return is going through a whole level of people, of fund managers, before it ever gets to the investor. So all I'm suggesting is is give us an opportunity to take a look at us. We are buying real assets. By the definition of our model, we are buying from people who need to sell, and we're not going to be competing with the big guys. So we can get the assets bought at a, at a good rate, and we're going to take the cash flow and the income from that asset and send it directly to our investing partners without any of the middlemen in case. So I, I sure wouldn't say they were foolish if they don't look at us, but if they are looking for an alternative that can generate monthly income and that can, I believe, personally, and this is what I work for, that can probably outperform other income-producing opportunities, then take a look at Epis. We're available. I would love the opportunity to work with these people directly. Jeff, give us your website and be sure to spell Epis for us. It's EpisEnergy.com. Epis is spelled E as in Echo, P as in Pennsylvania, U-S, EpisEnergy.com. And you're more than welcome to call me directly. My direct line is 682-316-8781. And, Jeff, uh, final words for our listeners. First of all, thank you for this opportunity, Charlie. I really appreciate it. And for your listeners, again, I want to thank them. And if you're looking for an alternative to own real assets and to be able to generate income where you get your money every month, you determine what to do with your money, then Epis might be something for you. And I would encourage you to take a look, give me a call, and at least uh, we're going to be transparent and answer your questions. Jeff, thank you very much. We really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you. So, again, uh, thank everyone for joining us. You've been listening to Strategy Casters, where you're hearing conversations with investment managers you're not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to wish you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You have been listening to Strategy Casters, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategycasters.com.
This is a recording of an interview produced by Orange County Talk Radio. This interview discusses one or more investments that investors and or their advisors may want to consider. However, no information provided should be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any investment, security, or fund. The guests for this program have paid for the opportunity to be featured on this show, and both Orange County Talk Radio and the host, Charlie Wright, have been compensated for their participation. Please consult a financial professional or tax advisor prior to investing in this or any other opportunity.